From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to a special edition of The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion. My name is Pete Warner, joined this week by my good friends Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi, and back in the peanut gallery, my nephew James and niece Amy, and my grandniece Victoria, who's three months old. Yay! Yay. She is so adorable. She's she such is. a good baby. Oh, she's excellent. She's got a little baby headset and a little baby mic. <laughs> <laughs> in case she wants to participate. She's ready to make, make baby snarky comments. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as I mentioned, this is a special edition of this show. This is uh, part one of our Disneyland coverage from uh, the trip Walter and I took last last week. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. We got home last week. So yeah. we were there for like 300 days, I think it was. For the deluge. If I, that's, I, that's why I entitled the one blog entry. If I'd known you were coming, I'd have built an ark. It's all it did was rain the first five days we were there. We got off the plane on a Wednesday. Beautiful. And it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. gorgeous. We were in the park that day. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it just rained. And when I say rained, I meant rain and rain and rain. Once in a while, it would break for like a couple of hours. And I'd like to grab the camera, run out and shoot something and then come Go through a ride when we got out, it'd be raining. Yeah. You had your pretty ponchos, though. I saw those. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, you needed them. You had to have something because it was just, it was terrible. So... What we're going to talk about this week, we're going to discuss getting around the parks, uh, as well as uh, we're going to discuss uh, San Diego Zoo Wild Animal Park. You've heard us kind of allude to that and talk about it at different times. We'll kind of go into a little bit of depth on it this week, and we're going to give you guys a chance to meet the uh, uh, our special Disneyland correspondents, at least two of, two of the three. Uh, Nancy Johnson was not able to uh, stay for the recording session the night that we uh, met them for dinner. But uh, Tony Spatel and Wendy Bell, along with Mary Jo Mulatto-Willie, who's uh, one of our uh, moderators on the Disneyland Forum, our excellent Disneyland Forum, I must say. Um, a ton of information. I am just, I was blown away. I mean, all our trip planning boards have really good information on them. But i got to tell you, the quality of the information that I found on our Disneyland Forum before going out there really was was top-notch. I mean... Especially, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, uh, one of our posters, Hydro Guy, is his name, has put together the series of tips. I mean, this guy needs to write a book. This guy really needs to write a book because he knows his stuff. And he put together some great tips. We're going to have links to all this stuff in the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. We're going to get started by talking a little bit about how to get around the parks. Uh, we get asked a lot what the difference is between Disney World and Disneyland and there are numerous differences, but one of them is that there are only two theme parks in California versus the four we have here. And uh, the size of those parks are not quite as large as what we have here. So they get they get crowded quickly. It doesn't take a lot for these parks to get busy. California Adventure, a little bit more expansive, a little bit right. more open, uh, but also not nearly as popular as the Disneyland Park. And I'm going to refer to it as the Magic Kingdom, and I know there are some people who are going to correct me on that. But let me tell you something. I must have asked a half a dozen cast members while I was out there. 
Uh, it goes by either name, the Disneyland Park or the Magic Kingdom. As a matter of fact, during the fireworks show, Julie Andrews refers to it as Walt Disney's original Magic Kingdom. So the cast members out there, some of them will call it the Magic Kingdom. We hear it referenced either way. So you people who are sending me emails about, you can't call it the Magic Kingdom. Oh, yes, I can. So be quiet. Well, I think part of the distinction is that here, ours is the Magic Kingdom theme park. Where there, it's the Magic Kingdom. Disneyland Park is the name of the park. I know it's oh whatever. I mean, hairs, there, there, well, yeah, because there, for for the sake of clarity, there are two parks out there: California Adventure and the Disneyland Park. But then the whole thing is called the Disneyland Resort, and you got the Disneyland Hotel. Same Disneyland too much. So it's the Magic Kingdom and California Adventure for the purposes of this show. And if Julie Andrews says it, you know it's that's true. right. Really? So now uh, they do offer. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about in terms of getting around the parks is much like we do here, they offer extra ma- uh, extra magic hours, but they do it in the morning. And uh, on any day with a t- that starts with a T or an S, so Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays are the days that you can get into the park if you're a resort guest staying at one of the three Disneyland hotels, the Disneyland Hotel, Paradise Pier, or the Grand Californian. You can get into uh, the parks an hour early. On those days, and let me tell you, it really does matter. Uh, it you especially now if you're if you're visiting during off season, which is going to be like the January into February time frame up to uh, President's Week, um, and maybe in September and parts of November, and maybe a couple of weeks in December. Uh, those are really the the off peak seasons, off peak periods. If you're visiting, then it's not as big a deal. Because, I mean, we were in the parks during the week. Well, during the week, last two times we went, during the week you're doing pretty good. Start Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and Thursday. a giant difference. Yeah, well, and another thing that really impacts, another big difference between Disneyland and Disney World, that's a local park. Uh, the vast majority of people going to that park are not necessarily traveling from other states. These are people from the area, from uh, Southern California, who go to Disneyland. So that tends to, uh, so like, like, yeah, like Walter said, Thursdays, it starts to pick up Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. These parks are busy. Those are good days to start doing things other than uh, <laughs> Disneyland, going to hit some other things in Southern California. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think best days of the week to hit those parks. During the day, the locals are all at work. And even on Thursdays, to some degree, during the day, right. it wasn't bad. It's really Friday, Saturday, Sunday that it really gets, really gets crazy. Um, so, utilizing if you're staying on site, utilizing the extra magic hour, the extra morning hour, whatever they're calling it now, uh, is a good idea. Uh, the other thing is fast passes out there. Your fast pass strategy is a little bit different. And again, this is covered by some of the links we're going to be put putting on the show notes page. But I just want to mention that the fast passes out there work a little differently than they do here. Um, not all their fast pass systems are connected. For example, in the Magic Kingdom, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin is not connected to the rest of the park. The fast pass systems are the rest of the park. So you can go to Roger Rabbit, get a fast pass, and then go to another attraction and get a fast pass at the same time. So you can technically be holding two. Now, the same thing applies over in California Adventure. Their system is not connected to the Magic Kingdom fast pass system. And Grizzly River Run, the raft ride in California Adventure, 
is not connected to the rest of them in California Adventure. So technically speaking, at one time, you can be holding four Fast Passes. One at Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin, one at another attraction in the Magic Kingdom, one at Grizzly River Run in California Adventure, and one at another attraction in California Adventure. You can literally hold those four at the same time. Did oh, they tell you this? That's a lot of runner. No, no. They're, no, they're not going to tell you this. How'd you figure that out? I, mean, I went to our boards. Oh, there you go. You do okay. some research, and that's why our site exists. If you, We relied on Disney to tell us what to do. Um, no. That's all well and good. However, that's a lot of running around. Roger Rabbit's in the back of the park. Well, that's why you have children. <laughs> you have children to go run. You get, I knew there was a reason. You get, you get, um, you know, the same thing that we recommend here in these parks. If you, especially if you've got a large group, um, you know, you have to send one person as your runner to go. You know, give them all the tickets. Go, and they can just go and feed them into the fast pass machines. So. There are there are ways there are ways to kind of beat the crowds, um, and, and something that uh, I uh, was recommended in this in Hydro Guys thread that I, I mentioned earlier that I da- purchased and downloaded and used and I have to say it is a terrific resource is a software package called RideMax. Now RideMax, they it, this software made it so easy. You answer a few basic questions about your trip, about what you know, what day you're going to visit, what park, uh, how you want to tour, if you want to be aggressive about it, if you want to be casual about it, what time you plan on arriving to the park, and you select like what attractions you absolutely have to make, and it, you know, they have been collecting information. They, the people who make RideMax collect information, and they uh, uh, they put all this stuff into their database. You know, their touring plan, I guess, into a database, and then it spits out a minute-to-minute itinerary of what to do. So it says, you know, 9.04, be here, and 9.18, be here, and 9.50, be here. And it is, you know, there are a lot of touring plans, a lot of uh, things on the web right now. I have not seen anything as easy as this. It's it's uncomplicated. It's direct, and it's fairly accurate. How much is it? Do you know, for Disneyland, for the Disneyland version of Ride Max, because they have one for Disney World as well. The Disneyland version is fourteen ninety five for a ninety day subscription. So it's ninety days of access to their databases for planning uh, information, and a full year subscription is twenty four ninety five, which is wow, not, reasonable. Very very reasonable. And let me tell you, it really gives you. First of all, there's a lot of tips that are included with that, a lot of strategy that's included with it. But that itinerary is just so, go here, do this, go here, do It's exactly what you're looking for. A lot of them, I swear, some of the planning uh, resources that are on the web, you need a PhD to figure out how to use them. Uh, this is just so simple. You answer a few simple questions, reasonable price, well worth the money, well worth $14.95, $24.95. It's going to save you an awful lot of time. And I so I, I highly recommend Ride Max. And just before anybody asks, no, we do not have a financial relationship with the people at Ride Max. This is just a I used it because so I wanted to see what would work. I tried a couple of different uh, resources that are out there. I'm not going to downplay or talk down about any of the other ones. I'm going to just talk about the one that I found the most useful, and that was Ride Max. And the fast pass strategy that I, I talked about. 
they also have, uh, you know, take, uh, RideMax takes that into account when it's putting together your itinerary. So it tells you, you know, you need to go here and get these fast passes and go here and get these fast passes. So you have to do it like the day you go to the park or, I mean, how does it know what time you're going to get there? You tell it. You tell what time you're going to get there. Before you, you okay. So right. As yeah. you're, you're building your itinerary. Home. Okay. It probably also takes into account crowd levels during the week and yes, crowd they, levels they, during the season. That's they, pretty they cool. They check, yeah, they check uh, throughout the year. They, they're doing research on, you know, crowd patterns and crowd levels historically over different times of the year. So, I mean, no, no, no trip planning resource like that is going to be 100% accurate all the time. Exactly. Anybody that expects it is being unrealistic. But it is a really good, uh, a really good useful tool. I really highly recommend, especially if you are going to Disneyland during peak season, download a copy of Ride Max. It's only for the PC. I really wish they'd come out with a Mac version. Uh, but uh, they download it, use it, and I think you'll be really glad that you did. So uh, I, I strongly recommend that. To me, it sounds, um, for me personally, it sounds awful. Well, that's not how you like to do a park. I, I, that's a, it's a personal right. opinion. It sounds absolutely awful to be someplace at nine oh four. But that's how a lot of people like well, to I mean, visit if you, parks. You know, if you only have a few summer. days and it's yeah. your family vacation and you want to make sure you get on everything and you don't want to stand in two hour lines, because let me tell you, Disneyland is famous for really, really, really long lines. Uh, attractions like Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo was um, there's no fast pass on Finding Nemo. Uh, so if you don't have a strategy to get onto Nemo real quick. You're going to wait on a very long line. Even on the slow days, it was a 45 minute wait to get on Nemo. Wow. Is Nemo there? Is that the one that's a continuous mover, or is that no? The show? This is the this is uh, the Nemo submarines. submarines. Oh, the submarines. New submarines. Yeah. But you know, you've got Nemo, Matterhorn, Indiana Jones. These are rides that just almost instantly get ridiculously long lines. So. But also, if you like to tour casually, um, you can put that in there, and it gives you that same itinerary just at a very casual pace. And, you know, cut certain attractions out, you know, suggest when you should go for lunch. Um, if you've never been there before, if you're not sure how to get around, if you're not sure what the best way to do it is, I really highly recommend it. Now, as I mentioned, one of the most frequently asked questions we get is differences between Disneyland and Disney World. Um, as I mentioned before, issue you know difference number one size. We're forty-seven square miles. They're forty-seven square inches, uh, basically, <laughs> uh, out it's there. Tiny. Uh, it's a very small resort. Uh, you literally can walk to anywhere from anywhere unless walking is is an issue for you. Um, outside of that, really and truly, from any of the hotels to any of the theme parks to any of the restaurants, and even off-site. Even the off-site hotels literally are right across the street. It's could, not like it is here. You could easily walk from your hotel room. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, most yeah. of the hotel, most of the off-site hotels, especially the ones on Harbor Boulevard, you can walk. I bet it blows people away when they've only done Disneyland and then they come here. Yeah. And it's oh, like, wow. oh, my gosh. See, now, I find it, I find it charming um, going out there that yeah. it's just so much easier to get around. But with that smaller size also comes another difference between world and land, and that's the number of dining options that you have. Uh, there are far fewer dining options out there. Uh, we have more options here, and I've got to be honest, 
overall, our food is much better here. Our counter service food it was better is much better here. The counter service food in the Magic Kingdom was nothing short of atrocious. Abs- and even in California Adventure, I wasn't impressed. Um, we had a couple of corn dogs in California Adventure that made us sick. They were so greasy. Yeah, we had to cancel the plans that night because we were sick as dogs. And for me, for me to get, uh, for me to find something too greasy the way I eat, it's greasy. We did not have any good counter service food at all in the Magic Kingdom. The burgers, the that horrendous fried chicken at the Plaza Inn, which is supposedly oh my god, their that was specialty. Nasty. And it looked like it had been there for a week. It's like you made pancake batter and rolled chicken in on that, but then you bake it until it's very, very, very hard. It was horrible. Yeah, they are. One of the things I do notice about Disneyland is they seem to be a couple of years behind World in terms of improvements and advancements and things like that. Um, You know, World, we can all remember a time when at Disney World, some of the stuff coming out of counter service was pretty nasty and a couple of counter service locations it's still like that but it's improved dramatically over the past few years uh not the case out there uh there's not a premium placed at disneyland or at least in the magic kingdom there's not a premium placed on providing quality food uh be it counter service or sit down because i'll tell you something the blue bayou was a complete disappointment ridiculously overpriced and food that was just completely unimaginative Completely unimaginative. You know, and figure this one out. The lunch menu at Blue Bayou and the dinner menu were exactly Exactly. the same. That's laziness. It's complete laziness. It's we are the Blue Bayou. We're at Disneyland where you can see the Pirates of the Caribbean ships going by as you're eating. So, therefore, we're just not going to put any effort into this and we're going to charge you a ridiculous price. Shame on them for that. Walter, uh, or the service that we got was excellent at the Blue Bayou. She was lovely. Linda was Linda her was her name. And great service. Just, I'm not going to say the food was awful. It just was absolutely unexceptional on any regard. It was unexceptional in taste, unexceptional on presentation, unexceptional on presentation. It was just unexceptional food. You ate it and it's like, this tastes okay. Yeah, it's all right. You know, it's, it's all right. Do you remember if they had the Monte Cristo on the menu? That was it. Um, they, I think they did, but uh, also at the uh, Cafe Orleans, they had the Monte Cristo, which is effectively a deep fried sandwich. A deep fried sandwich, oh, yes. with a uh, with a raspberry. I think it was a raspberry. Usually, uh, so, so I didn't care. You don't or, like Monte Cristo? Oh my gosh! I ordered it to see. He's not going to try. He's not going to. He he barely eats fried chicken, let alone a fried sandwich. The only reason why I ask that is because that's sort of one of the things that's become iconic there. And I've had it. It's very good. When I had it, it was. It was tasty. However, this is one of those things where people talk about. I'm going to have the Monte Cristo at the Blue Bayou. So, and you know, now we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Cafe Orleans, which is where I had the Monte Cristo, which is right across from the Blue Bayou. It's another sit down restaurant um, where the food wasn't half bad. I'll be honest with you. That Monte Cristo was pretty good. Uh, it was the service that was atrocious. Uh, Unbelievable. It was really terrible. I mean, I specifically said, because we ordered uh, an appetizer and I ordered the Monte Cristo, and I said, please time it so that I have time between my appetizer and my Monte Cristo. They both came out at the same time. Oh, yeah. After I specifically asked for it. So strike one, your tip just took a hit. Then... Um, the worst. I asked for a dessert menu, and she brings back the bill. 
She brings me the they check. They wanted that. They were rushing us through that meal. They wanted oh us gosh. in and out I've of that. I've never seen anything like it. It was so obvious. Here's what she went for dessert. And, and, she ended up, and she ended up getting the, the smallest tip I have left in years for a server. I, I have to say, I think they need to send some of their food and beverage people out here and let, a, let them see how it's done out here. Um, you know, while uh, Jay Rasulo is so big, big on this one Disney uh, concept, let's hope that it also applies to uh, best practices in their parks coming out here and in our parks going out there because it seems like that's not necessarily the case. Do you remember the last time we all went out there to this time? For some reason, it sounds the complete opposite. For some reason, I remember the food being really good. Inside the parks? Yeah. But we didn't do a lot of counter service. We did a lot of sit-down. Now, sit during Food and Wine Festival, See, when we great. went out there last yeah. April, the food that was being served at California Adventure was outstanding, but we were eating the Food and Wine Festival right. food. No, I mean the time we went and we did the hotel the hotel tour. Uh, for some reason, I remember the food being good. Um, it was in you know the Disneyland Hotel itself, and in downtown Disney it was. I'm talking specifically inside the parks. Um, I was really disappointed. Um, so, and also the price of food is amazing. Out there really is is kind of steep. I remember that. Uh, you don't have the number of, like I said, you don't have the number of dining options we have out here, where you can, you know, kind of jockey for some cheaper food. Uh, mm-hmm. Out there, you know, Walter and I had two cheeseburgers. We went to I forgot which place it was over in Fantasyland to have burgers. Um, two cheeseburgers, two cokes, and a brownie was twenty three dollars. Holy! And that was with my annual pass holder discount. Um, you need to keep in mind if you're going out to Disneyland, you do need to budget for your food probably a little bit more than you would need to budget coming out here. Yes. Um, unless, of course, you're renting a car and are willing to drive off site. In which case, then you can save some money. It's a little bit cheaper. It's substantially cheaper off site. And, of course, the further away from Disneyland you drive, the cheaper the prices get. Um, Which brings me to my next tip. If you are planning to rent a car in Disneyland, uh, bring either bring or, along with the rental car, have a GPS. It was – I have the Garmin Nuvi that I use. I I don't know exactly which model it was, but I'll put a link to it on the show notes page. Um, Paid about four or five hundred dollars for it, but I'll tell you, it saved our butts this trip. Uh, I, I also have I, I subscribe to the traffic updates on mine, and I we went when the morning we went to Universal, the trip from Disneyland to Universal is about thirty miles. But if you're leaving early in the morning, it could take you an hour and a half to drive that 30 miles on those freeways. So we're driving up the five heading into LA and the, uh, the GPS system says severe traffic, severe traffic ahead, ahead recalculating. And it literally calculated us right around the traffic. Oh, wow. And oh, it was great. We went on side streets and then we got back on the highway and we were, we hit it and get it. And while we're talking about driving, you know, I've mentioned before, oh, I'm petrified of driving in, in Los Angeles. He did such I gotta a tell good you, job. It oh, was, you drove too? Yes. Oh, I drove all the I drove the whole week. Really? Oh, he drove several times. He, he didn't did drive the car once. Job. Wow. He didn't drive the car once. No. It was always left to me to he's, drive. He's a, he's a better driver than I am. <laughs> I mean, let's, oh, there's no doubt about that. Let's face it. <laughs> I total genetic. cars. You don't want me to drive. Must be genetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But I, I'll tell you something. There was no. I I was perfectly comfortable driving out there. I mean, Kevin, Kevin drove the last time we went. He has no qualms about it at all. He's a very calm driver. Bob was good. He's very calm. The only time I got nervous was coming back from Universal that night. It was that raining. Night. So we're driving at night on strange roads, and it's pouring. And sometimes the signage coming out of Universal to get back on the freeway is not very good. So if you're not sure exactly where you're going, this is, again, why these GPS systems are really, really important. They can get you around. Um, getting to Wild Animal Park was a breeze. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that. That's about an hour drive from, from Disneyland. Uh, and having that GPS system, but also being able to locate restaurants um, that you want in the area can save you. It could really save you a lot of money. I have a good sense of direction, and I have yes. no idea why. I have none. I, it seems I, I don't use ours. It is genetic. Once again. <laughs> I just I have a good sense of direction, and I don't know what it yep. is. It's a gift. Some people are, yeah, some people are just like that. So now in terms of off-site, talking about that, I mentioned earlier the ease of getting off-site. Disneyland is not like Disney World. Um, everything is really close. You're not dealing with 47 square miles of property that are owned by Disney so that, you know, any any sign of the outside world is removed. Uh, this is why Di- Walt Disney bought so much land in Orlando was because he was furious with the fact that he didn't have the money to buy up more land around the park and that, you know, you'd be on the top of the Matterhorn and there you could see everything else, you know, right across the street. All those hotels, all those restaurants, all those T-shirt shops. Which they've cleaned up. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful area. But, you know, you've got all those hotels. And like I said, it is walking distance. But you also have the Anaheim Rapid or Anaheim Resort Transit, which is also known as the Art. And Art gets you all around. Art can get you to Garden Walk, which is where they have uh, some other stores and shops and uh, restaurants. It can get you to all the hotels, to Disneyland. So if you're staying off-site and you're not interested in seeing the rest of Southern California... You just want to go to Disneyland. You don't need to rent a car if you don't want to. Um, you can either walk or you've got the art. So, but part of the draw for me is Southern California. One of the big, 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 big differences between what we have here and what they have there is they've got Southern California. They've got Hollywood. They've got uh, you know uh, Venice Beach and Newport Beach and. Uh, Catalina Island and Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach and San Diego and all these other th- all these other places that are just great places to visit. Um, you know, four days is enough at Disneyland, and then three days exploring the rest of Southern California. I would recommend a day in San Diego, a day at Universal Studios definitely Hollywood, Universal. which we're going to talk about more next week. Uh, Universal Studios, but definitely a day at Universal Studios, and then a day at, at you know like Huntington or Laguna. Or Long Beach. There's you a know, lot of beaches. so many places to go and see. So many other theme parks. You've got Knott's Berry Farms. You've got Legoland. Um, you have SeaWorld uh, in San Diego, Wild Animal Park. Uh, you've got all these different things that you can do and create a really unique experience you cannot have here. Um, also, in terms of some of the differences, some of the attractions that they have in the parks out there are in fact different they have things we don't have and some of the things that we do share are a little different out there like Buzz Lightyear I had no idea Buzz Lightyear out there was so different than ours out there the gun comes out of the holster and 
The whole ride through is different. We've got video of that up on the site right now. Uh, that was a very different experience. Their Pirates is much better than ours. It's longer. You've always said scenes. that, and at first I never thought it was that much better. But to, this time when I went, it really is, is much better than the one we have. You know, they have they have the Nemo subs out there. We don't have that out here. They still have Mr. Toad. We don't. Um, the Castle Walkthrough is now open. Uh, Sleeping Beauty. That was nice. Sleeping Beauty Castle Walkthrough, which was great. Really, really your, your cool. Your kids would love that. You get to see the whole, you know, it's kind of a... Uh, you know the whole story of Sleeping Beauty, and you get to literally walk through the castle. It's really cool. I like New Orleans Square out there. I wish we had that. That's something else that's that was different. Nice. That's where Haunted Mansion is. That's where Pirates of the Caribbean is. Was their Haunted Mansion different? It was close. <laughs> not much it's different. Not different. <laughs> Inside, I don't believe it's different. That is different. The outside is different. There are have, some differences. There are some differences. One of the things that it, the the most striking difference that people don't realize is that the stretching room there goes down. Oh. Or is that another vice versa? No, yeah, it goes down. There it goes down because there he, he they actually had to go under the train tracks right. to get to the attraction. There's also that hallway with the pictures that we don't have. And yeah, the story is slightly different, but that's true of every haunted mansion at every park. They've the Imagineers have done a really good job to make to tweak the story. So, I mean, and Small World out there goes outside, doesn't it? Yes, it has it a starts a, outside. It starts outside yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, they also have Storybook Land, which we don't have here, which was, you know, I never, like, thought about going on that. We went on it one night, and that's really cute. It was very interesting. Oh, my God. It was incredible. They have little towns. They have little bonsai set up for the trees. It's really well done. Um, wow. And then, uh, you know, of course, they have Indiana Jones out there. So there are attractions out there that we don't have here, and there are some differences. So. Uh, they haven't succeeded yet in completely homogenizing the experience. There are still some some unique things out there. And the more I'm talking about this, the more I want to go back. Um, let me just say they have the lousiest monorail system going oh. out there. That damn thing was broken down more than it was running. And their monorail system out there is more of a ride than it is an, a form of transportation. Here it's an actual form of transportation. Where does it go out there? It goes. It goes from. Around the stopped, Christmas tree. <laughs> it doesn't even at, go in a circle. It's. It stops at uh, Downtown Disney is where you can get on, and it goes to Tomorrowland, and those are the two stops. That's it. Just goes back and forth. Back and forth. And the, the thing though is that that's how it was always intended. It was always intended as just a cool thing. You know, to he brought a monorail. You know, and you get to ride the monorail. Where when they came out here, they decided to make it transportation. So. Oh, do they have the little. What do I like? What's the little slogan? No, the TTA. Do they have that out no, there? No, no, nothing no. like that. That's unique to our park. Oh, and their windows open. Yes, what? yes, their oh, windows really? open, and they're yeah. The monor- their monorails are different. Beautiful. They have the brand new monorails. The oh, Mark yeah. Five, I think they are. Um, they have the brand new monorails, and they're beautiful. But the damn things don't work. Well, so what bugs the point me about, is- about their monorail system is that it goes through the Grand Californian. Doesn't it stop. Doesn't stop. Yep. It's Same like, thing. It also goes through. A California Adventure and doesn't, doesn't stop. stop. So it's just kind of, you know. That makes sense. And I no. understand you could no. walk to either of those parks or either of those places from downtown Disney, but it's not the same. You want the monorail to stop. And, and right. if you want to go on the monorail, you have to get off at either end. Right. You, you can't, can't ride one on. way and come There's back. There's no round trip. You have to get off and get back on. Yep. No round trip. Oh, good Lord. Yep. So these are some of the uh, differences between their park and ours. 
I want to talk a little bit about uh, fireworks and parades, uh, just in terms of the fact that, you know, if you've been only ever been to Disney World and have never been to Disneyland, you might be surprised to find that they don't do fireworks and parades nearly as often as we do. Now, if you're there during a peak time of the year, you will probably get a 3 o'clock parade in the Magic Kingdom. Um, you'll probably get a fireworks show that night. Now, Fantasmic runs every night uh, out there. And uh, on busy nights, it runs twice. They'll run, they'll run two shows of Fantasmic. Uh, in the 12 days that we were out there, there was no afternoon parade at all in the Magic Kingdom, only uh, the Pixar Play Parade in California Adventure at 515. Mm-hmm. And there were only, of the 12 days we were out there, only two of those nights were they doing fireworks, the Friday and Saturday, last Friday and Saturday. And that was the Friday and Saturday that fell on Valentine's Day and preceded President's Week. So it was only done during peak times. If we, if we hadn't and extended that, our trip, we would not, we would not have seen any fireworks. Well, there's something fireworks. else about the fireworks in California. The fireworks in Disney World are out in the middle of a 47-acre area. The fireworks in Disneyland are in a neighborhood. Can you imagine living in Anaheim and having them blow them up every single night? You'd I wondered your about mind. that. I wondered about that. I mean, that. there are people who live directly behind the magic yeah, the kingdom. With them. Do you think that do you think that's why they don't do it every night for regulations or I think it's done I think it's absolutely to save money. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think it's every exactly night, sit on your back porch and watch fireworks. So it's it's just something I wanted to make sure I mentioned that now the, you should know that there there's may not be a parade or a fireworks show the day on the period you're out there if you're traveling off season. Now, for fireworks, what their Tinkerbell does and what our Tinkerbell does is totally oh, different. That oh, was I amazing. Saw that oh, my gosh, she's like flying all over the place. She's on this, on this weird harness that looks like it's got two, two lines on it. And she's flying back and forth in yeah. front of the castle, behind the castle. I don't Stella know. Stella was freaking out when she saw that. I w- and, and she's in this like day glow outfit that they're lighting up with something. You can't so she's it. really obvious. And. At first, because I was looking through the camera uh, when I when I saw her, and I did not see the harness, I'm like, "Oh my god, it really looks." Because when you're there, like when I zoom in with the camera, you can see the harness, but when from eye view, it looks like she's flying. It looks like she, I'm like, "How are they doing that? It's, Did they got amazing. a crane somewhere? Are they?" Because because I'm like, okay, first it just looked like she was going back and forth, and then I'm like, "No, wait a second. Now she's behind the castle." The castle's obstructing her here, and now oh, now she's in front of the castle. I can't imagine. She did a lot this time. The oh, castle was obstructing her? I know. So I she's know. flying low. <laughs> <laughs> trying to avoid she's planes. diving on people. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Well, you know, that first time, the first time I walked down Main Street, I tripped over that castle. <laughs> I'm saying that specifically to upset Mary Jo, because it bothers Mary Jo so much when I say that. My brother thought it was a miniature golf course. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Pete, is that... Is that their castle? It's I, sinking. I wasn't really? sure. Yeah, it's, it's small. Yeah. I just want to clarify. It's, you're not seeing cables or wires. It's, Tinkerbell's flying, and she has more energy because she starts in California. By the time she gets to Florida, she's a little bit out of breath because she had to fly across <laughs> country to come here and, and fly by our <laughs> castle. Okay. Yeah. She just jumps from our window here, though, right? <laughs> and if you get real close, you can hear her scream. It's a, it's a straight shot. Yes, she she comes I mean, off. She comes out the window. She comes off the castle and she flies. And she she hits she hits at on, on the top of a building in 
uh, Tomorrowland in out here. Right. Um, that's got like all this like big pads up, so she comes like flying into a really? wall. Yep. One of the country bears grabs her. <laughs> oh my gosh! So that's parades and uh, that's parades and fireworks. And uh, before we move on, um, want to talk a little bit about the Walk and Waltz Footsteps tour that we took. Uh, this was a, I believe, forty dollars a person, um, and they provide you with. Uh, um, I guess supper after the after it's over. Um, they do, they do two sandwich. of these tours a day. You get it, yeah, sandwich and drink Same after the tour is over. Yeah. Uh, and basically, what they do is they walk you around the park and just you know kind of tell the story of how Walt built the park and the park from Walt's perspective. Um, one of the things I learned on this. Let me, well, let me ask you guys: Why is it called Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room? I know why it's Walt Disney World as opposed to Disney World. The reason it's called out there Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room is because Walt actually put the money up personally to finance it. That was like a very special project to him. Did you know that that was originally planned to be a restaurant? The the middle the in the middle of the tiki room where the you know the goddess the goddess comes up um, out there. The base of that opens. That they were going to be able to store like uh, dishes and Carts stuff. stuff. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um, <clears throat> did not know that either. So you know, you get little insights like that throughout the park. It's a, I believe the tour was what about three hours. Yeah. And well, there was a lot of him talking into your speakers, so that was very interesting to hear it from. A lot of stuff that he had recorded. Right. What they do is uh, you always, of course, like it was with all the backstage tours. Well, it's not a backstage tour. There are no. There are no actual backstage tours going on out in Disneyland. It's all on stage, uh, but uh, you get the headset so you can hear him talking. But he also has the, the guide. Also carries an iPod that has audio clips of Walt Disney talking about certain things. So at certain points, you stop, and he plays. You know, Walt talking about the Matterhorn, or Walt talking about the Tiki Room, or do all have to listen to his iPod? No, no it's being head- pumped into our headsets. Oh, headsets. Oh, oh. Yeah, he passes around his iPod. And we all put the earbuds in. I thought he has a sixteen splitter. <laughs> and you have to walk within two feet you of each other. Very close, which is easy to do in Disneyland. This is a great tour for Disney files. It's not quite as great a tour for a casual Disney visitor. Uh, Walter certainly qualifies as the more casual visitor. He was not as. Impressed with it as I was. It was interesting, though. I will give. I mean, all the history and then the different facts that you didn't know, like the Tiki Room. Right, but if you were there on vacation, you would, would have been pissed yeah. if I had made you do that. Take three hours out of the day to do that. Oh yeah, because at first you said, "Did you like it?" And I'm like, "I don't remember much about it." We ate a sandwich at the end. I remember. Yeah, because he pays, <laughs> he pays so much attention to these things. I saw a plant and ate a sandwich. It's not like we're going to talk about. It's not like we're going to talk about this stuff later, right? I saw all the plants. So it was like a group of people. How many was in your group? Uh, I think there was only six of us walking around with headphones on, like we have on. Being led by no, a poor no, guy. Not quite that. No, no. no, no. Being led by a dude with little, an yeah, iPod. a little earpiece. Little earpiece that just slips over your ear. Oh, okay. So it's not like no. I've done it, but when I did it, it wasn't the there wasn't the audio portion of it. There was just a tour guide guiding us, and I thought it was great. Yeah. If you were that person who really loves the story of Walt, 
and what he was thinking and what he was trying to produce, I think you'd love that tour. Yeah. I think you it would, would too. take you back to the it original. Would be worth it. Single biz- single biggest difference between Disneyland and Walt Disney World is Walt built that park himself, yeah. and Walt actually stepped foot in that park. That's the only theme park, Disney that theme would park. Give me chills. I think that's versus, the only. You know. That's the only Disney theme park that can lay claim to that. Walt used the urinals. Right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now, um, also, I just want to talk a little bit about California Adventure. Uh, just in that, uh, there is a lot of construction right now going on at California Adventure, but there's not a lot of stuff closed. Uh, the only thing that was closed when we were there was the Sunwheel. Uh, the roller coasters were running. Everything else was running. Uh, they do have. They did have the lagoon drained as they're getting ready for their nighttime show. Well, they've got uh, they've got barricade. They got sight barricades up all over the place. There's certain spots where you can see it, but for the most part, they got the sight barricades up, so you really can't. Um, so, you know, photogenic, you know, photo wise, it's not uh, great for taking pictures right now because all the barricades being up. But uh, all the attractions are running. Um, they are going to start bringing new attractions online uh, later this year. And that's going to continue in phases through 2012. All right. That will uh, do it for our discussion of how to get around the parks. All right. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about the San Diego Zoo Wild Animal Park, which we've mentioned on the show. And you'll hear little cooing noises. Uh, Baby Victoria has joined us at the table. Teresa is now holding her, saying, I want another baby. Oh, yeah. Right. Um. This uh, Wild Animal Park uh, really kind of is a surprise to me. Uh, we went last year, um, but never really got a chance to give it the kind of coverage that I really wanted to because Bob had passed away right after we got back and everything just kind of got discombobulated. Um, one of our listeners uh, works at Wild Animal Park, and he had invited us down there last year. And I'll be honest, I was going to be polite because I, you know, you know me and animals, whatever. Give me a give me a theme park. Give me a ride. You know that kind of attitude. Really, if they're not going to be on your plate afterwards, what's the sense of going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, if I can't pick out the cow I want for dinner, uh, you know what's the point? Uh, but we went down there, and I got to tell you, it just I became enamored with this place. I fell in love with it, and that's sincere. That's not because one of our listeners, you know, invited us there. Uh, I really fell in love with and if it had been because of that I certainly wouldn't have gone back Never made a point back. of going back this trip it's the reason we rented a car was I needed to make sure that we got down there and uh, even with the number of days we lost with rain out there uh, it was a priority for me I really wanted to get back there and I know of course Walter loves it Walter loves you know well, you would expect that but not Pete, Pete Walter, was... en- Walter enjoys walking around looking at the uh, the grass growing. Yeah, the grass growing, basically. Um, we saw a plant need a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so the the drive the drive to Escondido from uh, Anaheim is about an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes, hour twenty minutes, depending on traffic, uh, and it's. Because of where it's located, uh, they, they put San, uh, the Wild Animal Park basically in the valley uh, around all these, all these mountains because it's, uh, the, 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 the conditions there, the weather conditions there are going to be more dry, more arid, and a little bit hotter. 
than it is, let's say, in San Diego proper. And uh, so in order to create a, a – as Teresa's scaring the child. Sorry. Stop pinching She's her. She's pinching her. Let's go back to Mama. It's making um, noise. Take it. <laughs> um, they want to make the uh, the environment as as realistic for the animals, I guess, as possible. Which means that if you're going during the warmer summer months, it's hot. It can get hot. Very. You hot. need to keep that in mind. And it's not next to the zoo. Until we went, I, for some reason, I thought there was the zoo, and right next door was the Wild Animal Park. No, it it's not. not in the same vicinity. No, it is not. You get that Disney sense of the world, don't you? Yes. That everything's going to be attra- attached. So the uh, getting getting down there really is not difficult. Um, it really helped having the GPS because you're going on some side roads and. You know, at some points you're like, you know, in the middle of a town driving on a two-lane road um, because of where it's located. It's not like... It's not right off the highway. Yeah, it's not like you just, you know, fly off the highway. So if you're going down there and you're thinking you're lost, you're really not. Just keep following the directions because you'll get there eventually. Um, the, uh, The park itself is massive. I forgot exactly how many acres, but it's like 2,000, 3,000 acres. I mean, it's ridiculously huge. And I remember hearing one of the ticket takers telling somebody uh, that if you walk the entire park, it's four and a half miles of of, of walking paths. So this is a lot of walking. It's spread out, obviously, but it is... In my opinion, everything Animal Kingdom should be and isn't, mainly because you have access to see all the animals, whereas at Animal Kingdom, to see the bulk of the animals you want to see, the elephants, the giraffes, the, uh, the gorillas, all that stuff, well, not the gorillas so much, but a lot of the other, the, uh, a lot of the other animals, you have to do the Kilimanjaro 500, 500 as I call it, um, which is horrible for taking pictures. I mean, it's just it's pointless to try you and take pictures take picture. on it. You just can't do it. It's too bumpy, you know, because they're trying to create authenticity. Great, create all the authenticity you want, but I can't take a picture. Last time we went, Will, Will ended up in my lap. We hit a bump, and Will just went flying. Next thing I know, he's sitting in my lap. So, you know, here you get to walk around, and you get to really spend some time with the lions. You know, you could spend an hour just staring at the lions if you want to. They're all out there. They're always out. Are you standing or in a vehicle at that standing. point? No, you're standing. No, you're walking. You're walking the park. They're in an enclosure, but yeah. you're you're fairly close. You can see them really well. Yeah, yeah you're like frighteningly close. And there's a barrier that you can't oh, see. There's yes, like there. Oh, obviously, something. yeah. There's a pit, but there's also a, a piece of plexiglass that you can go down, and they can get right next to the plexiglass. Cool. Yeah. Now, I think my favorite of the animal exhibits was the gorilla exhibit. Yeah. Um. It, the whole family of, of gorillas, and if you take a look at the video that we put up on the site, um, you could kind of you could see just how how close we could get um, to the gorillas. Great viewing, great viewing, and just it's a beautiful park to walk through. I got to tell you, it's just the whole area is just so beautifully landscaped. It's the mountains. You see the mountains. You see the valley. Up when you go toward the condors, it's all uh, cactus and succulents, and then it's planted more tropical in the valley part. But mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. 
Um, speaking of con- uh, condors, Condor Ridge is one section of the park, which is, in my opinion, the most beautiful section of the park because you really get a chance to see those mountains and Correct, valleys yeah. and everything. But you also get to see a California condor, one of the most endangered species on Earth. Two. Um, two of them uh, on that exhibit. And again, you can stand there as long as you want. I mean, they're the ugliest birds <laughs> ever. Um, they're just hideous, and you see them in the video. But uh, well, it's interesting because they don't want them to bond to humans. They got like a little hand puppet that they feed it with, oh, okay. so yeah. it never sees a human being. It's whole, you know when it's being raised, it only sees the the, the hand puppet that looks like a, a condor. Well, talking about the walking, what if you have trouble walking? They've got the scooters, which I took advantage of Pete, because well, we had been there for a long time and did a lot of walking. We well, had a lot yeah, of equipment. The day that we went was toward the end of our trip. And we'd been going like crazy for like the five days before that because the rain finally let up. And by the time we got to that park, my back was just... Were just, there segways too? I see some in the pictures. There is a tour. There's oh, a, a segway tour. tour you can do, but that's not, a, it's not transportation okay. around the park. I don't know if you could rent them or not. Um, so $35 for the day. I rented it a was scooter. If you have trouble walking, you really would need it. Especially going up Condor Ridge because it's like uphill. Yeah. It's an uphill walk. And... I recommend doing Condor Ridge early in the day because you don't have the energy. Because we went up and did it. Uh, we went up to a certain area. We wanted to see if the orchid uh, exhibit was open. The bonsai. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And we had to walk up part of the hill up onto Condor Ridge to see that. And even at, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, even after spending the day in the scooter, <laughs> it was too much for me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. So then they not only have animals, they have plants? Plants, yeah. It's beautiful. It's not like a ride thing. Um, They have have some rides. Carousel. They have a a little carousel for the kids. They do have a 3D or a 4D uh, attraction that looks like it's in a trailer of some kind. We Um, didn't didn't ride We did not go on that. And then, of course, they've got the (laughs) tethered balloon. The tethered hot air balloon. Which Walter insisted on he didn't going go up. In and, that. Oh how yeah, there's a that? surprise. I, you, what do you mean? Why, how come I didn't? Would you? No. Okay. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He took pictures. Oh, yeah. We got pictures up on the site that he took from that. Um, this tethered balloon is. I'm sorry. It's just insanity. This is what they're putting at Downtown Disney. Yes. It was twenty dollars. Um, yeah. Well, it was. $20 is the normal price. That particular day, they had it at 15 because I guess the park was slow. <laughs> the lines were frayed. Yeah. <laughs> really special. <laughs> well, hold on. Not, Possibly not, longer not, ride. You're not, you're not too far off. <laughs> no, I uh, get up there, and the guy's like, wow, the pressure's really high in this. And I'm like, don't let anything happen to me. I'll never hear the end of this. You were al- <laughs> if, you were I alone, die, right? if I die, Pete will kill me. Yes. <laughs> How many people did it hold? Uh, that day, I have no <laughs> idea because he was the only one. <laughs> the rest of them were in the trailer. It is huge. It is huge. No, it could probably hold 20 people. He gets on and all the car news are like, oh, we got another one. <laughs> <laughs> Make the balloon spin. How, well, long, how long did you get to stay up there? Okay, unfortunately, besides the uh, too high pressure, once I got up there, the wind started blowing. And once it does reach a certain level, they close it. So I didn't even make it all the way to the 400 feet. I probably made it. About 150, 200 maybe. About halfway. So I'm halfway up, and Pete then he's like, still holding your hand." <laughs> no, actually, Peter just was, you know, filming me going up. But then he just turned around, and the guy's like, "Well, I guess it's too windy. We're going back down. Get your money back." Wow. So I was disappointed. Yeah, we got our money back. And then he's like, "If they open it up, 
you know, later, after telling him the pressure in the balloon was too high, oh, if they open up later, I'm going back on. I'm like, no, you're not. Over my dead body, you're going back on that. Yeah, but it's, it's amazing because, you know, everywhere, you're in the valley, and it's gorgeous, and you've got the mountains. And when you're up there, you can see absolutely everything. So I got some good pictures. Was yeah. it like Animal Crossing where you're trying to shoot them down with your <laughs> slingshot? My slingshot. <laughs> um, that's probably their big, uh, their, their big thrill attraction right now, although uh, we understand that uh, they're going to be doing a zipline attraction soon. <laughs> It's supposed to be very long. A really long oh, zip line. That's where you're yes. yes. Oh, yes. Lord, no. They're putting one of those in. I'm, I'm all to the over. mall. Are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my feet would be hitting people's heads. Be... <laughs> I'm sure no, they... When the zip line drip dips, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, or it stops. <laughs> you're just hanging. Bring in the tension. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you know, as we've talked about with SeaWorld, um, you know, Wild Animal Park... Uh, really, you know, does a lot of uh, a lot of good work, uh, much the way SeaWorld does with certain animals. Uh, you know, we were just talking about the condors and the amount of work they do to uh, help save the condors. Uh, when you pay the ridiculously low thirty-five dollar admission fee to get into this park, when you consider that what other theme parks charge seventy, eighty dollars a day, thirty-five dollars to get into this park for the kind of full day and the kind of experience you have is just that, in my opinion, too low. Uh, it really, it's thir- but it's thirty-five dollars. It's going to a good cause. This is a not a nonprofit organization uh, that does good work, um, as you know, as is the case also with when you buy souvenirs or food or any of the backstage tours. Or and there's a number of them. They have a ridiculous number of tours. We did uh, what was the one we did? Uh, the Savannah Safari. Yes. It's a 50-minute uh, tour. I think it was $25, $30 a person. You ride, you ride around the perimeter. Right around the perimeter of the, uh, you know, enclosure. where the giraffes are and a number of other attra- animals. Unlike the Kilimanjaro 500, this actually stops. So you can take yes. pictures. When you get to animals, she'll start talking. She'll stop. You can get out and start taking pictures if you wow. want. And there's, no, and there's no hokey, stupid story about Simba and the rest of the nonsense. It's Wait a minute. You can get <laughs> out? Well, you're just in a court. Certain places, yeah. Certain places you can get out. Okay. Obviously, they're very cautious that you're not getting okay. out like in the lion pen or anything like that. Well, this one, you don't go in, <laughs> in the savannah. You just go around the perimeter. Oh, I thought you were so like you're not in the, the you're not in okay. the savannah at that no, point. There no, are, there are tours. No, there is a tour that we did last time. That's the, photo, that's the photo caravan. Is that we did last time, which is where you that actually was, get to feed the giraffe. You're holding branches, and they come and they feed out of your, out of your hand. Yeah, that was oh amazing. I mean, there's a picture somewhere on the site of Walter, uh, you know, feeding a giraffe, basically. And uh, so there's a number of different experiences, a number of different tours, range anywhere from, like I said, twenty five or thirty dollars to upwards of two hundred dollars, depending on what you want to do. No, you can you can purchase the tickets for these tours ahead of time if you want on the uh, Wild Animal Park website. We're going to have links to the Wild Animal Park website where you can do this stuff, but uh, you can really do it the day you get there. We did it once we got there. Yeah, uh, I would imagine on days where you know would be busier, you might want to do it in advance if there's something you really want to make sure you see. But um, there was a lot to see this time. It was really nice to go when it was cool because yeah. last time we went, it was like Africa hunt. It was it was brutal. No pun intended. No, but this one you get like the aviaries. You you go in, and you got birds running around your feet. The lorikeets. 
Well, that's the lorikeet is the other one that you can Yeah, we, we talked, talked about her all night last night. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Anything. that on yesterday's show, the lorikeet exhibit. Lorikeets are these little tropical birds, that like tropical parakeets, I guess. I don't know. Um, they're beautiful birds. But Very colorful. You go into their aviary, and you can – if you just go into their aviary, you can take pictures. They leave you alone. They don't bother they you. just look at you. It's only if you walk in there with – you pay $3 for a little cup of nectar. And they that's love, when they swarm you. They love their nectar. Are all the breeds separate? They all have their own little, or none of them? No, are? no. The lorikeet is all lorikeets. But when you go into the regular aviary, there's all sorts the of. The African birds. aviary, yeah. They had that beautiful um, Crown Victoria pigeon, which is like the size of a chicken. And it was. Yeah, and see, and going through these parks with Walter is like having your own personal tour guide because he can identify every bird in the place, every plant in the yeah, place. I've been there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and. You know, the lorikeets, if you look at the video that we put up, uh, you see the lorikeets biting Walter only because Walter was, like, stupid and continuing to try and take the food away from it. And it's like, no, you're not taking my food away. But there's a lot of interactive exhibits like that. You've got the lorikeet exhibit you go into. you got the uh, uh, the hidden jungle where you can see, like, different types of birds and parrots and all different types. Sort of types of plants. It's like a big greenhouse. Yeah, um, cock of the rock was there. Uh, there's a lot of birds I've never seen before. I'm not touching that. Don't I'm just not touching. Is that, that a wrestler? <laughs> if you look on the site and you see a bright orange bird with a weird looking head, that was the cock of the rock. That's also in our video. Um, and yeah, I'm just not touching that with a 50 foot pole. We got kids listening, so I'm leaving that alone. There's so much to see. There's, I mean. Hundreds and hundreds of different species of animals represented in the park. It's a full day. It's an absolute full day. And see, something I thought was that kids would be like, you know, when you're that close to Disneyland or even SeaWorld, you figure kids are like, I don't want to go, you know, wild animal park. Every kid we encountered in that place was crazy about it. They were loving it. As a matter of fact, you can even listen on part of our video where we were shooting on this uh uh, Savannah Safari. We had a couple of young kids yeah. on that with us who were just enamored with everything, asking questions. Just oh, it, yeah. it was like I, I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? Kids and animals. It's probably going to be a good mix. So if you're thinking your kids, even teenagers, I'm telling you, there were teenagers there. I remember we over here, remember over here, one kid say, uh, "It must have been about 15." I thought this place was going to be lame, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, so. It really had real cross-generational appeal and, you know, not for nothing, very educational without coming across as being educational. How about breaks and stuff? Were there places to eat? Oh, there's a lot of places. No, no there's no place, no well, place no, to eat, no, no, no bathrooms, <laughs> no water fountains. They have bushes. Got to kill your own. Bring a sandwich. Yeah, they do well, have. That's, it. that's it's a all whole count- different trip. It's all counter service. This is one criticism I do have of the park. They need a sit-down restaurant. They need a full-service restaurant. The food's not bad. It's not unreasonably priced either. Um, I'm not going to say the food's fabulous. It's all right. It's theme park food. But... It wasn't priced like ridiculous theme park. You're not paying ten dollars for a burger, um, so it makes it a little more palatable. Everything about the park was less expensive than the experience we just had at Disneyland, which I guess stands to reason. But again, um, I cannot recommend this park highly enough. And again, we have no financial relationship 
with the wild animal park. They're not advertisers on the site. Uh, this is just pure. We loved it um, twice now. I loved it more the second time I went than the first time. Okay, and then they have the uh, roar and snore. Where you can actually spend the don't night. want to forget about that. Yeah, Glad you, you mentioned can spend that. the night in a tent in the oh, place. Lord, while the animals are running around outside, just keeps getting better and better. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they have these. They have these uh, like you know, it's a tent, but it's a tent with a floor, and you can get premium tents that have either heat or air conditioning and electricity and things like that. Or you can stay at um, the Hilton. Yeah, or you can do that. Um, but you know they have different campsites that are you know some are premium campsites that have better views and have electricity versus others and the prices range from about a hundred dollars for the night to over two over two hundred. Were there accommodations near there where you could stay? You said it was like out in the um, middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's in, near San Diego, so yeah, oh, okay. I mean there's plenty of hotels in the area. They, I think they've been very very creative in coming up with things like these tours and the Roar and Snore area. Uh, to try and generate more revenue for the park, to keep the park uh, solvent. And like I said, you know, you feel a little bit better about spending money here because you know that it's going to provide, you know, quality care and uh, attention to these all these animals. And they're doing good stuff like saving the condors and, and, and things like that. So it's uh, it reminds me, it's a, it's if SeaWorld was a zoo. Because, um, you know, I Animal love SeaWorld. Well, what's that? Animal Kingdom or SeaWorld? Not the zoo. Um, no, I'm talking about SeaWorld and the way SeaWorld saves oh, animals. And okay. you feel better about giving them your money because they're doing rescue work and they're doing things like that. And these animals are being cared for in the highest, with the highest possible quality. And you get the same sense of passion uh, that I've noticed at SeaWorld. And we've talked about SeaWorld. We've talked about the... Uh, uh, the people responsible for caring for the animals, uh, you get the same sense of passion from the people that are working at the Wild Animal Park, that they're, uh, they really love what they're doing, and they really have a passion for what they're doing. And that's, guess what you want? You want people who will love it. And it looks like, you know, it's, just, it's very clean. It's, it's very beautifully maintained and landscaped, and it looks like they're really being aggressive and trying to come up with new experiences to make it more appealing. Uh, to draw more people in, like I said, with the addition soon this spring, I think it is, of the zip line and, and some of the other things they're doing. So, if you're out in Southern California, it's definitely worth the trip. It is most definitely worth the trip. Most definitely worth the drive down to San Diego. So, now, um, also going up with this show is uh, an interview that I did out in California with our new Disneyland, two of our three new Disneyland correspondents. Wendy Bell and Tony Spatel, as well as our moderator from the Disneyland forums, Mary Jo Mulatto Willie. So you kind of get introduced to these folks who are going to be you're going to be hearing from um, over the coming months as they provide us segments and updates from Disneyland. It's a, about a half hour long interview, so I decided to put it up as a separate addition to this show, as in, as opposed to putting it right into the show. Um, so uh, that's on your iPods as well, and also uh, streaming on the site and available for download on the site, along with a lot of our videos from California. We've got about five or six videos up right now, and uh, through the week I'll be putting up more, but I think I've got about five more to do. And uh, we will uh, be doing another special show 
next uh, next week as well. We're going up next Friday, part two of our Disneyland coverage. Uh, we're going to be talking about Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh, we're going to be talking about City Walk and Downtown Disney. And we will also be doing a uh, Disneyland email show next week. So if you have any questions about Disneyland that you'd like us to answer, the address is podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or you can call us toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 310 And that will do it for part one of our Disneyland show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody, and thanks for listening.